Hello, welcome to a Thursday afternoon with Bill Allen from West Irwin Church of Christ coming to you from downtown Tyler, Texas. Glad to have you joining us today on Thursday afternoons. We are going through a devotional book, a daily devotional book, um, um, and it is centered on the Psalms, the songs of Jesus. And uh, I hope that you have been following along with us, and I'm glad to have you today, especially if you miss these live, you can always scroll down on my Facebook page or on our West Irwin Live or West Irwin Church of Christ Facebook pages. Glad to have you do that. Or you can go to our website, westirwin.com. That's Irwin with an E. That's the street we're on, E-R-W-I-N, westirwin.com, and click on the go over to the tab that says connect and scroll down to where it says um, live stream, live streaming, and go down to that, and then click on that, and, and then go down to where it says video archives, and you can find those. If you want to watch our worship assemblies, you can do that live on our Facebook Live page, West Irwin Live, or on that website in the big blue box. It will magically transform into our Sunday morning worship assemblies on Sunday mornings at about 10 o'clock. So I hope that you do that occasionally. Glad to have you. We have many that join us online each week, and uh, that is a, a special blessing. I have many views on these Facebook studies, and so I'm glad to do that uh, as well. Today, we're going to be looking at uh, a psalm that is a bit of a longer psalm than is typical in this study. We uh, sometimes will cover one or two or three psalms in one of these uh, little Facebook studies on Thursday afternoons. But this week, uh, almost every day this past week, was filled with uh, verses from Psalm 104. It's a longer psalm, 35 verses, but it has a common theme. It has a common subject. And that subject is God is the creator God, and he is worthy of our worship. Uh, I've entitled this uh, lesson, All Things Praise Thee, Lord May We. This is exactly the, the first part of that great old hymn, uh, All Things Praise Thee. And it's a hymn about creation, praising God. And it's taken from many of the Psalms, I'm sure, but you could say that Psalm 104 is certainly faithful uh, to that thought. So as we look at this, it's, it's interesting to consider exactly where Psalm 104 is coming from. Uh, and Tim and Kathy Keller in that great book on the Psalms write, Psalm 104 is a meditation on the wonders of creation and the wonderful creator behind it. Unlike in Eastern mysticism, we see here in Psalm 104 a God who is personal and distinct from his creation, yet who is not in any way remote from it. The imagery of garment, palace, and chariot conveys that nature conveys that nature is filled with God's energy and presence. Hence, the awe and respect that are due uh, him from the natural world. Uh, that is a great uh, call for all of nature, all of creation, to praise the Creator, the eternal Creator. And it's also a call, of course, for those of us who recognize that God is creator to uh, respect his works, to respect his creation. Uh, we certainly don't worship the earth or the sun, moon, and stars or any animals or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. 
But what it does say is that if you accept the Genesis account, then humanity has been given the role to uh, be in charge down here on the earth. And so it is our responsibility uh, to seek to respect that and to use the great blessings that God has given us in creation to glorify him the best way that we can. And, uh, and that's where we come into Psalm 104 that calls us to worship the Creator God and calls on all of creation to do that. And here's how that happens. Creation worships and praises the Lord, its Creator, when it does what it is created to do, when it is what God has created it to be. And I think that's especially true of humanity, the height of God's creation, the only part of God's creation that was created in his very image. And so let's look at Psalm 104. What we're going to do here, because it's a long one and it has a lot of verses, I'm just going to read through it and comment along the way and not comment on every verse, but comment along the way. How about that? Psalm 104, praise the Lord, my soul. As we have already found out, there are other psalms that start out that same way. Praise the Lord, O my soul. It's a great, great call for personal praise of the Creator. Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Always starting off a prayer with praise and adoration of the Creator and Savior is a wonderful habit to get into. Start at verse 1 again, and this time we'll go on. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains, but at your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. There are so many things that these words remind me of. Of course, they are a tribute to God as the creator and maker. And it calls us back to Genesis chapter 1 and those days of creation. And the first day in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Uh, and he said, let there be light. Uh, the second day, he separated uh, the heavens above from the earth below, so to speak. And he called what was above the sky. And then on the third day, he took all of that earth and he created dry land and vegetation. He moved the waters around so that we, the land would appear. And then he began the process of filling this earth with life. And, and the psalmist in Psalm 104 seems to be looking back at that great day. Perhaps he's also looking back at the great flood in Noah's day just a few chapters on in Genesis from the time of creation. It didn't take long for humanity uh, to rebel against God and against his will. And, and that is certainly seen in the first family. Adam and Eve had their sons, Cain and Abel, and the first murder occurred in the second generation of humanity. Isn't that a sad commentary 
on us. We look around today and we think things are horrible. Things with humanity, unfortunately, since the fall, have always been horrible because we are selfish beings in our carnal nature. And it takes great discipline and a great devotion to our Creator to live the way He wants us to live, selflessly rather than selfishly as Cain lived. Uh, here he talks about that promise from God. We see it in the rainbow in the time of Noah and the flood. When they came off, they saw God said, I will never destroy the earth again by water, and I'll put my bow in the clouds as a sign of this covenant between me and the earth. And so that's where that beautiful rainbow comes from. And Peter reminds us in Second Peter that, yes, he's promised that that'll never happen again, but he has also promised that one day he will destroy all of this wonderful, beautiful creation uh, that is never meant to live forever. Uh, he'll destroy it by fire. But what he has created in his image, humanity, those who have trusted in him, they are the ones who will live with him forever. Let's keep going in Psalm 104, uh, verse 10. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. You see design, and design indicates designer. You see such an intelligent, amazing, complex creation, and yet there are some who say, oh no, this all just happened by accident. Poof, it, there was nothing, and then there was something, and that something grew to something more, and finally we have this complex, amazing, incredible world that we have, it's ridiculous. I can't accept that, can't accept that. The design indicates a designer. The creation indicates a creator. Uh, the traditional argument of the watch, if you have a watch, it means that there must have been a watchmaker. Now, none of us, we don't wear watches very much. I haven't worn a watch in a long time. But instead, what do we have? Well, we keep time with these things right here or some other means. Some people still wear a watch, good for you. But whether it's a cell phone or a watch or the beauty of the world around us, it indicates that that is a complex thing that certainly wasn't an accident, but actually was made and designed by an intelligent force. And in creation, that intelligent force is the eternal God. Um, let's keep going again. Verse 12 of Psalm 104, the birds of the sky nest by the waters, they sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. Again, see God working in creation and see creation acting the way God created it to act. And that's what brings him glory. And that's what brings the creation fulfillment. And that's true of humanity also. Verse 14 of Psalm 104. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. We're reminded of Solomon's great temple and how Lebanon contributed to that. Verse 17, there the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. 
The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. What a great summary of the workings of the modern day world, day in and day out. You see that plan of God and that design that is still true today. Granted, because of our technological advances, we can do more work at night than they did in the, oh, I don't know, sometime around 1000 BCE, uh, 1000 BC, when these words are likely being written. But the same pattern is true. Uh, the same pattern is true. We see a lot of joy in these words. The, the work of God's creation is, calls us not just to live and to survive, but to live joyfully, uh, to live and to thrive in this world. And as we do that, we recognize the patterns and the seasons and the times. It's starting to get cool, finally, here in Texas. Our highs are only in the low 90s or upper 80s instead of in the hundreds like it was just a week or two ago. And there's even a little bit of cool in the evenings, although some of you who may be living in uh, different climates wouldn't consider upper 60s cool for us here in Texas. That's pretty cool for a night. We love to see it. It's a wonder and a blessing, the seasons that God has given us, to see that sunrise every day. And even if we can't see it because of the clouds, to know that it's there. Uh, the stars in the sky, the moon that gives us light at night. It's such a, a wonderful, incredible blessing. And to be able to uh, take those times and those seasons and those blessings and use them to do productive work, to provide for ourselves and our families, but also a part of a theology of work and job is to give, have something that we can share with others. That certainly in Old Testament and New is one of the reasons why God allows us to be able to earn a living, is to take care of ourselves and those that are we are responsible for, but also to help in the needs of others. Uh, verse 24 of this great Psalm 104, a, time, a moment for praise. In the midst of all of this, the psalmist pauses to praise. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. And then he goes on. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, that mysterious beast of the sea, as behemoth is of the land in the Old Testament, which you formed to frolic there. Now, granted, the sea teems with living creatures, but when Bill drops a hook into the water, the, <laughs> the teeming creatures seem to run for cover. Uh, and I haven't been fishing in a long time, but I can tell you it's not as easy as it sounds if you're taking me with you. Uh, nevertheless, God has created the sea vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. The earth is full of God's creation. Verse 27, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. All good things come from God. Everything good comes from God. And even though you may work hard and provide for yourself, you recognize that it is ultimately God who provides all of the things that 
we need. It's such a great, great blessing. Uh, when you give it to them, again, verse 28, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. God is the source of life. He gives us, breathes that life into us just as surely as he did Adam just as surely as he did Eve. And when our time is done and that breath is taken away, uh, then our, our lives in this world, in this time are over. But we have the great promise through the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we will live with him forever as intended. That's what we were created to be. These physical bodies were never created to live forever. And we know that, and we know that more clearly as the days and years go on. But what we also know and believe by faith is that Jesus has given his life so that our bodies can be resurrected and we can live forever in his presence. Verse 31 to the end now of this great Psalm 104. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke, the majesty of God. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. There is a great call of praise to God and thanksgiving to Him and a commitment to sing praises all my life, to meditate on His Word, to rejoice in His love. But there's also that acknowledgement that not everyone commits to do that. And there are many who reject and rebel against the love and word and will of God. And this psalm acknowledges that in those few words at the very end. May sinners vanish from the work and the wicked be no more. Not because God is a cruel God, but because God is a God not just of creative power and love and mercy, but of justice also. And those who have been oppressed, one day, one day, uh, they will know the Lord's vindication and he will make all things right. We don't like to think about that. And our world and our culture doesn't want to acknowledge that. But the truth is, God has given us the option to worship and serve Him as our Creator God, or to worship and serve ourselves as if we created ourselves. And those who choose the latter, God will one day punish. That's just the simple truth. And so we call each other to do what the Word says all of creation is to do, and that is to live in a way that glorifies and honors the Creator the Creator God. Uh, you've heard me say many times about God, I've come to believe two things. Number one, that God exists. And number two, that I'm not Him. And if I'm not Him, then I'm not worthy to be worshiped. Rather, I am creature. And I am the one who has been created. And that which has been created is called upon to worship the Creator. And so this psalm ends with these great words of praise. Hallelujah in the original. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Let's close with prayer. 
Father, we praise you and acknowledge you as the Creator God. Um, what an amazing world you've given us. What amazing blessings we see all around us. Father, we praise you as the psalmist says in Psalm 139 that we'll see coming up one day. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, made in your image. And so, Father, as all of creation is called upon to praise you by, by living according to what you have created it to do and being what you have created it to be, help us, Father, to do the same as your creation. Help us, Father, to live lives that will glorify the one who made us, that will glorify and honor you, our creator, our savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I will not be here next week. I'll be enjoying the preaching and great fellowship in Searcy, Arkansas at Harding University for their annual lectureship. So we won't have a Facebook study on Tuesday or Thursday, but you can watch my Facebook page every so often, and I'll give you some highlights. I pray that the Lord will bless you, and I look forward to seeing you, not next week, but the following week. God bless.